0: Welcome to another episode of EOMTG Taps. I'm Joey
1: Pasco. I'm Reset Smith. Hi, Reset. How Hi. Sorry. Doing? Hi. I'm doing great. <laughs> um, Twenty-year-old references for the win. that's what we do around here. Um, so, welcome back, Joey. Uh,
0: welcome back, Joe.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> that was so, quick. It feels yeah, it feels, it feels. I don't know. Look, I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. Based on the conversations that me and Joey have been having lately, it kind of feels like we're back. I don't Mm. know.
0: We took like a multi-year break, and then we just took a multi-day break.
1: So (laughs) that was a good Baltimore punk band. Anyway, they
0: would play with all the lights on.
1: Um. (laughs) Hey, we're we're on the. We're starting with twenty-year-old references, so let's go.
0: So, yeah, so I think, yeah, I, I guess what we're getting at is it's only been about two weeks since our last episode, um, and we think we want to make this a more consistent thing, and so we're going to continue to try to put out episodes every two weeks going forward. At least that's the, the plan for now.
1: Yeah, um, I really have no interest in doing a weekly show again. Uh, I don't have time for that. I know You don't have time for that. But we've been having fun talking about this stuff, and, like, I feel like we can get an episode out every two weeks, yep. you know? And so, you know, while, while we're feeling that groove, let's do it, you know? Exactly. Uh, so yeah. So that's cool. And I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about it actually. Yeah.
0: It's fun. It's fun talking about magic and it's definitely fun putting it out there, you know, talking to you and putting it out there for people to listen to and interact with and all that. And so, uh, um, I, just a quick shout out and I'm not really big on like shout outs and everything, but, um, shout out to Steven Marshall because we didn't even mention a- his name last episode. No, we
1: didn't. I'm actually, I was about to say the same exact thing. And just so everybody knows, I'm going over Steven's house tonight. It's New Year's Eve. we recording. Yep. Uh, I'm going over Steven's for New Year's. So there's not like there's any sort of weirdness there. Um, you know, he was, he always put him, he, what did he say on his, uh, Twitter bio, uh, Joey Pasco surrogate. <laughs> so and
0: i mean and he he was a great uh co-host with you for the years of the show that i was not uh i wasn't hosting any podcasts you know when i wasn't on it and he would he just did such a great job and i felt like after i was or while i was editing last week i'm like oh man we didn't even mention his name so yeah i know uh, definitely want to want to give a shout out to steven um
1: so I think not play much Magic at all lately, so, so we probably you might not hear listen. this. But yeah, anyway, if right. <laughs> you do listen, Steven, hi. See uh, you tonight.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so today I think what we're going to talk about is uh, we're going to continue our discussion of MTG Arena, and I think we'll probably – at least mention some of the spoilers that have come out, or I'm sorry, previews that have come out for Ravnica Allegiance, Um, but the main topic of conversation today is going to be Arena and some of the experiences that uh, we've had over the last couple of weeks since our last episode. So, uh, Joe, do you just want to start
1: us off? I I feel like this is kind of, I feel like this is a podcast form of like an email I would send them about beta testing. You know what I mean?
0: So I've got some like. (laughs) Okay. This is just feedback for wizards, you know, episodes. Yeah, yeah. no, in
1: a a way. Some of it is. And um, some of it is just my experiences with the program after playing with it for a couple weeks. And just positive, negative, whatever, you know, mostly positive. I feel like I've had a really great time with it. Um, But. Yeah, I've there, there gone for.
0: I think there's, there's, there's room for improvement. And I think uh, if you hadn't seen, which you may have, but I don't know if our listeners all follow me on Twitter. But I would kind of occasionally mention something that frustrated me about Arena. And our good friend Jonathan Medina uh, called me the Arena Grump <laughs> because I was complaining about Arena. But I told him, you know, I, I'm just trying to – uh provide feedback and i feel like this software has great potential and these are some things that could be improved like you know why does this work like this or why is this not intuitive uh how do i do this thing that should be very simple things like that so uh, you know i don't have specific examples of what i've tweeted but you know hashtag arena grump uh that'll that'll find you some of them (laughs) because i started to hashtag them
1: (laughs) nice awesome awesome uh, I have this, some of this is kind of that kind of stuff, but just yeah. kind of concentrated over a couple of weeks, and instead of putting putting it on Twitter, I put it in the show notes. Sure. So um, <laughs> I didn't have a
0: podcast to to complain on, so I was using Twitter. So there we go. Yeah. Um, so go ahead and uh, kick us off.
1: Anyway, yeah. So it looks like Arena is going to be the future of Magic esports, and I bit and I. Dropped $100 on gems uh, thanks to limited resources uh, telling me to not spend less than $100 at on a time on gems. Yeah,
0: thanks. there was a great episode of, um, of limited resources a few weeks ago, I think November 30th or like the end of November, um, about going uh, – what was it? Going optimal.
1: Going uh, optimal. with Marshall and Ryan together.
0: Yeah, so Ryan is kind of starting up a new venture on his own uh, called Going Optimal and he's going to be – and I think already is – Kind of sharing a whole lot of uh, arena-specific ways of basically doing the best you possibly can, like getting the best bang for your buck, so to speak. And uh, yeah,
1: he was supposed to be streaming the next day after recording that, I think.
0: So. Yeah, so I'm, I haven't kept up with it, but I listened to that episode and it was awesome. And I was halfway through it, and I sent it to Joe. So we'll link it in the show notes in case you haven't heard it. But one of the big things that he suggested that I wasn't or I haven't done uh, is. If you're going to be playing Arena, the best, the first thing you want to do is just drop hundred dollars on gems because that's going to give you the most value. Um, I haven't done that because I wasn't sure at first whether or not I was going to be sticking with Arena, so I would kind of go, "Oh, here's twenty bucks," and then I'd be like, "Oh, I really shouldn't be dropping money on any gems. Uh, I can justify another twenty bucks," <laughs> you know? So right, it right. wasn't wasn't ideal, but it was more of the um, I, I couldn't justify spending a hundred, but I stopped at I think 65 and I'm going to probably uh, do the $100 uh, purchase once Ravnica Allegiance comes out because I will have a lot that I want to uh, spend those gems on
1: right definitely Uh, so I did that and I've been playing a bunch uh, obviously limited um, standard Uh, I built I finally built standard deck on there I built mono red big big surprise there Um, and I got a little nitpicky things, just a couple nitpicky things, I'm gonna run through these, just little things that I noticed playing Arena that were kind of weird, and that I wanted to make sure either you knew about, or know if you've had a different experience with it. So, uh, first thing, cards that name another card, um, I feel like they should have the text added, like, it's a Dauntless Bodyguard, as it enters the battlefield, you name another creature you control. Um, and then every time, like... I would go to target the creature, or either the Dauntless Bodyguard or didn't know which creature was targeted. I couldn't figure out which creature it was. Uh, but it turned out, I figured it out. Because like, what's that one, there's an artifact where it pumps your creatures and all it does all this other stuff. I think it, I think it's like a Howling Mine and like a... And Are you talking
0: like, about the Immortal Sun?
1: That thing, yeah. Well, it's like name a creature type or something, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I don't think that um, one. Does it name a creature type? I don't... Think it does, but you know what it that does so much that I can't remember.
1: There's one of them that names a creature type. Okay. And the creature type appears in the text box in blue. Okay. You yes. know what I mean? So like you name it what?
0: It's not it's not the immortal sun, but go ahead.
1: Okay. Well anyway, you name a creature type and that creature type appears in the text box. So when you name a creature with Dauntless Bodyguard, I thought that, that was going to appear in the text box too. So i they look in the text box, like where is it? Uh But there's like a little black reminder text box that kind of pops off to the side of the card, and that's where the card is. Dauntless Bodyguard will say named Creature X, and then Creature X will say named by Dauntless Bodyguard. So like literally looking for it, like specifically looking for that and couldn't find it for some reason because I didn't look for the black box. But that's where it is.
0: Now, that's that's a good point. I didn't know that, um, and I have certainly missed that black box. Like it's not – obvious.
1: I, it isn't. It's weird it, that it's not it's, obvious. It's like I don't
0: notice it. I don't even I'll hover over a card, a black box appears. I don't even see the black box. Um unless I'm looking for some information in which case maybe I would have found it. The same, the way the same way you just said you found it where you hovered and you did actually see a something yeah. pop up to the side there, but it's strangely like subtle. <laughs> I don't know I don't know what that is, like why that is like if there's some sort of uh, a blind spot that I have, but From my perspective, I barely notice the black box, which might be good because if you know what the things do, you kind of don't really want to be distracted by a pop-up, essentially. Um, I think the card you were referring to is Vanquisher's Banner, by the way. That
1: is it. That is it. Vanquisher's
0: Uh, Banner, yes. uh, But yeah, so uh, I I don't know if I'd want them to change that because I think it kind of should be subtle because people who know what the cards do or – don't need the information, don't need to be kind of distracted. And once you know to look for the black box, uh, I think you kind of figure, oh, what's what's Dauntless Bodyguard name? And you hover and, and look for the black box.
1: Well, then well, then this is a question. Why have it different for Vanquishers banner? You know what I mean? Like, why not have the creature type that they named in a black box so you get used to looking at the damn black box? You know good what question. I mean? Good
0: question. Yeah, that's a good question. Just like, why have it not be, be uniform? Better.
1: Yeah, it, that's why it confused me because I was like, <laughs> Kept seeing Vanquisher's Banner. I was like, okay, I'm used to looking at the bottom of the card for this new text that's basically added to the card, which is the same thing that happens for Dauntless Bodyguard, essentially. You know, you get that text added to that card.
0: Yeah, and that's how it works on Moto too, because you would kind of hover or look at the the card, and it says the named creature is this, or the named card is, you know, in, like, blue uh, text. So that's kind of how it was on, or it is, on Moto. So I'm... Not sure if they're trying to decide between them, or if they have some sort of logic um, as to which ones perform which way, I guess, or behave which way.
1: Right. Um. So, um, so anyway, I don't want to keep going on about this, but it should be one way. It should be all or like all one or all the other. I think you know, Mm -hmm. like, why have it? Do I have the reminder text done two different ways? Doesn't make sense. Right. It's confusing enough game as it is. So anyway, uh, moving on from that. Um, One thing I noticed that I was having a lot of trouble with, when you're targeting an opponent's blocker with like a spell, I can't remember exactly what it was. But like I think I was trying to kill one of their creatures and I was trying to target – like apparently they had blocked something with two creatures, Mm -hmm. right? And then I was trying to target the creature I guess that I had put first in the blocking order Mm -hmm. and the cards wouldn't separate. Like, so, like, I was trying to, like, pick a card that was layered underneath another card. Cause, you right. know, like, when you have two, let's say, let's just keep saying Dauntless Bodyguard. If when you have two Dauntless Bodyguards, they're exactly the same power and toughness, they'll stack on top of one another. Yeah. So that's what I think was the problem. And so when I went to target the one creature, the cards wouldn't separate, and I went up targeting the wrong creature. Yeah. Which was weird. And then the other thing I noticed, and it might be the same on Moto, but I haven't really played much Moto in a long time. But the blockers, you know, blockers are ordered from left to right, mm-hmm. which is normal. That's how it always is. But I really feel like it doesn't make sense that the leftmost creature is at the bottom of the pile of blockers. So like...
0: Yeah, that is kind of odd.
1: you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so they should be piled left to right with, like, the left card on For top. Front to
0: back. Left right. to right and front to back, yeah
1: right. So I don't know. So it was really weird. So like, I was just, I was like, I know how blockers are ordered, but I'm like, this is the creature on top of the pile. That's the creature I targeted first. I tried to target it and it was the wrong creature.
0: Yeah. I didn't even, I haven't noticed that. Um, I know that kind of thing comes up a lot more in limited where you're doing a lot more, uh, creature combat. And of course in standard games when you play decks that play creatures
1: yes when well, you're not yeah i was like yeah that's what i was saying. joe you don't play creatures so well, how it's a know? creature right yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: those are the uh, things that teferi i just... doesn't
1: make teferi doesn't make tokens so what yeah. are you gonna do um
0: yeah so I, I haven't noticed that and that's a good point i mean if that's how it behaves that does seem strange to me um because you would think left to right front to back right. is intuitive um
1: but i i, I don't know i don't, I don't have...
0: have an explanation for that one either
1: Right. It um, sounds like I, some sort of like '90s club dance thing, <laughs> Left, right in front to back. But anyway, um, <laughs> it does. Yeah, uh,
0: I think I saw it on like In Living Color or something. Maybe that
1: totally was, rad. Yeah. Um, but
0: speaking of blockers, though, uh, I feel like I ran into something similar. Now, it wasn't trying to target creatures, you know, in a blocking order situation, but when there are a lot of creatures on a battlefield, I ran into something where I you know, it was a complicated combat scenario and this was limited and I'm trying to like line up my blockers and I'd switch some to something else. And of course the, the flaming rope appears and just completely sets me off to like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, hurry up, hurry up. You know, it's anxiety. Um, and, uh, I know I set up my blockers in a certain way and then said, okay. And it didn't happen the way I thought I'd set it up. I think because I'm – it was so confusing. There were so many creatures and they weren't – it's like sometimes they seem to move in front of the creature they're blocking and sometimes they only slightly do and they have like the little arrows and things. But it gets – when it's a uh, crowded battlefield, it's really difficult to tell exactly which creature is blocking which other creature and – they're crisscrossing and things like that. I think it should always move. I don't think they should ever crisscross. You shouldn't have a creature on the left blocking a creature on the right. Like, just move it. It's software. Just move it.
1: <laughs> just yeah, move it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so uh, that, that was frustrating, I know. And it was only one situation that I remember, and I don't, again, remember the specifics of it. But that was frustrating because I'm going, oh, look, I blocked so I died. Great, I'm glad I spent... You know, all that time figuring out blockers to just let leave myself dead. That, like, I,
1: don't, that I don't feel like the order of the creatures on the battlefield matters. You know, like I don't. There's never been anything.
0: No, that shouldn't matter. That's
1: mattered, right? Like,
0: right. I mean, they don't let you choose where your your planeswalkers go or your lands go. Like they they put them out there in a certain pattern.
1: Um, yeah. So why make all these ropes instead of like just moving the card? Yeah, yeah. that's weird.
0: I mean, I understand. Well, no, I don't. I don't. I don't know what I was going to say that I understood, but I don't understand why they couldn't just move the cards over to make it much clearer which creatures were blocking which creatures. So that's a that's a little nitpick, and maybe maybe that's just a, a corner case. But it didn't seem like it was extremely rare to me for somebody to have, you know, a bunch of creatures. I think it was um, Dominaria limited because they had like a ton of Sapperlings and things like that. So it was just. It's confusing. Um, so, any more to say about that?
1: No. Um, there's another thing, like uh, when you know how, like when I can't think of any of the cards, like thought erasure. Yeah,
0: right? I was where about like, to say because I figured that was where you were going. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, thought erasure like reveals your hand to your opponent.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, I never play it, so I'm always assuming that it's them playing it against me. Um,
0: well, this is how you're. Your, what you're about to say is relevant to you, not to your opponent.
1: Right. Exactly. Okay. Well, when you play that card, you know that you see the cards; they stay face up. Right. And you get to continue to see the cards that you'd already seen. Right.
0: So I and thought so erasure you, and I see Lanowar Elf, Lanawar Elf Forest, and then you draw your card for the turn. Oh, I'm sorry. I take one yeah. of your elves. So I, you draw your card for the turn, and I see Magic Card Back Forest right, Lanowar Elf. Like I see right. that until you play those cards. Um, right. Which but is you fine. Don't, yeah, that-
1: That's awesome. Right. But yeah, when when someone plays that card on me, it doesn't tell me which cards have been revealed to my opponent. Right. Which is weird. You know? I mean, I
0: keep track of it. Like, I, I done that a billion times too, where I look at my hand and I go, okay, they've seen everything up until syncopate, you know, so everything to the right of syncopate, they haven't seen so something like that. Like I have to kind of pay attention to what cards they know. And it's kind of like, what, why do I have to take notes on their discard spell?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> but right. they don't. Exactly. And, and And now the one thing the program does is your newest card drawn is always on the right. Sure. But there is some, Amount of strategy to moving those cards around. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't ever care enough about that sort of thing. I don't care about little things like that, so I don't worry about that. But, you know, people do.
0: Yeah, and, no, I pay attention to see a lot of times if, you know, they draw a card and then I see that same card goes down as the land. I'm like, okay, they drew land. I, I don't know, right. you know, so it's kind of like whatever they had last turn, they still have this turn plus one land that's on a battlefield. So it's kind of. You can kind of think, oh, if they didn't have a counterspell last turn, they don't have it again. So I, I pay attention to that kind of thing
1: for sure. I pay attention to sometimes one of my opponents doing it, mm-hmm. but I don't pay attention enough to what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. Okay, okay. That makes sense.
1: To yep. try to do something like that. Yeah. Because I'm like – I'm playing red. I'm just like, I got this. You got me? You got right. me? <laughs> here's what I drew. I got, <laughs> here's what I got now. You got it? You know, like – Right. Basically all I'm doing. Um and then uh Oh god, hold on. Sorry.
0: So you th- so the idea is it would be very helpful if they were going to keep those cards revealed for the player that cast the discard spell, the thought erasure or duress or whatever it was. They should also have some sort of
1: It would be as simple as a little eye icon in the corner.
0: Right, or just maybe the maybe they have like kind of a different color frame or something like that, where you say, Oh, all these cards are like highlighted because they, they've been seen
1: by your opponent. And that's the other thing, because I'm not really paying too much attention to what's going on with, like specifically with my cards. When I was playing experimental frenzy, I didn't realize until someone played it against me that they don't see what I see. So when you play experimental frenzy, it reveals the top card of your library to you.
0: Now, if you in hover, I think it says hidden information or something like that. Does
1: it? Okay. Yeah, I because, noticed that recently. Yeah, because it was just, I was like, well, you know, I didn't know that that card wasn't revealed to my opponent. Now, if there was an eye icon in the corner.
0: Right, then you could say, hey, there's no eye icon here. I know it's it's hidden information. Right, right. exactly.
1: Um, uh, the next little thing on here, there, uh, it's actually a known issue. Um, on the list, uh, there's a a link we put in the show notes of known issues with uh, Magic Arena. Uh, Gift of Paradise, if you play it, for instance, if you play it on a mountain, you can't tap it for Red Red. And that's just straight up a glitch in the game. Yeah, you know?
0: I'm sure they'll fix that.
1: It was a problem, though, because I actually needed Red Red. Yeah. In a situation I was in in Limited, and I couldn't get it because of that little glitch, which is pretty annoying.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's only it only can't do twenty percent of its ability, right? <laughs> it's like add two right. mana of any one color. I'm like, well, I can't add red, red. So,
1: oh, that's the other thing. Sometimes when I play Gift of Paradise, I feel like I wind up putting it on a a land that was tapped already, mm-hmm. rather than like an untapped land. And it happens a lot. I think it's because of, like lands will be in a pile. Okay, and I'll try to put it on a land, and it'll always just put it on the land that I tapped up top. And I'm like, "Why did you do that?" You know, that's Um, strange.
0: So you're saying you're clicking, you're like misclicking because I would think. I mean, I had something like
1: that. I haven't been, I just haven't been able to. Like, I've had it happen several times, and I can't think of how specifically um, I'm certain that I actually put it on the right or tried to put it on the right mountain and try to put it on a different one.
0: Yeah.
1: But again, like when I'm going to target stuff that's in a pile, as you're going to target those things, it should separate out. Yeah. So you can go, okay, I know I'm targeting this one. Like it does it with, when you're searching your library for like a land,
0: Uh
1: like the land will pop up to the top of the pile when you have hovered over it. Right. I think it's the same kind of thing that needs to happen with the, um, with, with anything that's in a pile like that. Yeah. Um, That's kind of tricky. Yeah. Um, I was having trouble figuring out how to stop the game on my upkeep, but I figured it out. All you got to do is there's like, you know, at the bottom, your little icons. The very first icon is Mm -hmm. stop on upkeep and draw.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of new, I think, too. I don't don't remember. It might have been just different icons or something before. I haven't ever tried to stop the game on my upkeep. Um, I think I may have done it once on my opponent's upkeep, but, you know, I'm not playing Vendilion Click. That's a card that I typically (laughs) would do that, stop on their upkeep or stop on their draw step, that kind of thing, those kind of –
1: I forget why it was relevant in the game I was playing, but sure, it was actually it comes a couple times. Yeah, it did.
0: Um, so, yeah, that one you, you figured out, so that's good.
1: Yeah, I figured that out. Uh, so, is, I don't know if you're having this trouble too, or if it's just my computer's super slow, but why do I have to click on some things like five times before they work? Like, yeah, like, if, like if I'm in the collection screen, and you <laughs> click on that arrow and it doesn't move, and you go arrow, it doesn't move, arrow, and you hit it like three times, eventually it goes one page over. I'm like, why did I have to do that five times?
0: So, you, I, I wasn't gonna say, like, I, I've had that kind of situation in game where you're like, click something, and you're like, I clicked it, and you click it again, and it works, you know. But that, I, I don't know if that's a computer thing or a server thing or, or what. Um, I'm running Windows 10 on a Mac. A lap laptop that's four years old. So, what that means exactly? You know, it seems like it's fine ninety percent of the time, ninety five percent of the time. There are a couple weird things, but you just reminded me. I also use the uh, the Magic Mouse that um, that Apple released, and I think it's I think it's the first one, so it's not like the newer one. Um, I only don't remember because a friend gave it to me, and so I just been using it, but. It's, uh, when I'm scrolling through my collection, like, or even, uh, even just kind of trying to sideboard, like sometimes I click a card and it's, uh, what am I trying to say? Like I click a card and it chooses a different card, like the card that was next to it. And I'm like, what? Oh, that's
1: weird. I think I've had that happen once or twice.
0: And I'm like, no, no, no. Or sometimes I don't click a card and something happens. I see like the screen kind of. Blink, And I'm like, wait, what's going on? I just, I just accidentally took a card out of my deck that I didn't yeah. mean to. Um, or the scrolling is completely erratic. Like I'll be looking through, you know, I'm like, okay, I want to go one page over and it just jumps like three pages. And I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if it's like my finger rolling over the the mouse, like the touch sensitive part of the mouse. And it's trying to like swipe it or what, what it's doing. Huh. Um, but I've definitely had issues using this particular mouse. Um, that hasn't stopped me from using it, but it seems odd to me that it would behave that way. Um, I don't really run into that issue in any other software where I'm like, Oh, I accidentally touched my mouse in a certain way that made the screen swipe, you know, because those same shortcuts exist in, uh, in the Mac OS where I can swipe to go back or forward, you know, different kind of uh, ways that this mouse is sensitive, but in arena, it's like super sensitive So I don't really understand that, but you just reminded me of it.
1: And yeah, and also sometimes on the deck building screen, Mm -hmm. sometimes you click a card to get rid of it and it goes away. Sometimes you click a card to get rid of it and it doesn't do anything. And then you click the card and it doesn't do anything. And then you got to drag the card out to get rid of it.
0: Oh, I haven't had to drag it before, but yeah.
1: I've had to literally drag it because I'm like trying to click it to to get rid of it and it won't mm -hmm. go away. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's like weird. I don't know. Maybe it's just my mouse, but I don't know, man.
0: Yeah, it's it's there's a lot of points of uh that could be the case. Like it could be your mouse, it could be your computer, it could be the server, I think. I mean I've been disconnected from the server I think maybe twice or something, and I'm I've never figured out is that the server or is that something on my end? Did like the internet go out or something briefly and kick me off. Um well, but that's frustrating too because I mean I guess it's gonna be frustrating no matter when it happens, but of course You know, it it sort of – once you run out of timeouts when the rope goes down, uh, the game just kind of takes whatever action to just end the turn as fast as possible. And so I think I was in the middle of, like, doing something relatively complicated. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, kill this. If he does this, I'm going to, you know, respond by doing this. And then he did it, or he or she – sorry, my opponent. uh, My opponent – did what i expected them to do so i went to respond and it wouldn't let me and then it kicked me off and it came back and of course their spell resolved and everything was great for them and i'm like are you kidding i'm already behind in this game and now now like it brought me back and just dropped me right back into the game where i was which i was like well okay i assumed i had just lost once i got dropped from the server but i was uh, i was just the it's just frustrating. You know, you're like, if I'm dropped from the server, don't play the game for me. Just either kill it or... <laughs> don't take don't my know. turn. Yeah, don't take my turn. Just take the whole game. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's not... right. Logically, that doesn't make any sense. But it's, it was frustrating at the time when, when it happened. Uh, again, it's always going to be frustrating if that happens. But I don't know if that's the fault of the server, the internet. That's what I'm saying. There's all these kind of points of... Uh, failure or possible failure and it could just be your mouse needs new batteries or something or you know my
1: mouse is attached to my laptop
0: okay i don't know well maybe that's the problem
1: i have no idea (laughs) um you know you do you do make me think of another good point though uh there does need to be or i wish there was i don't know if it actually makes sense for there to be like when i was playing that uh green white deck that i built Mm -hmm. um just to kind of hose the uh the red decks Mm -hmm. um I was playing the Johnny's pride mate, and it kept getting all these triggers, 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 all up and down. Like I wish there was a just accept all triggers.
0: Oh yeah, that's frustrating too. Where you're just kind of because it's to like keep decline, clicking.
1: take action, decline, take action, and like I had three pride mates, and they were getting like three uh, triggers. Each one was getting three plus one plus one counter triggers at the start of combat. Right. And so I had to, like, click through nine times every combat. I was like, this is so annoying. You know, why can't I just go, always accept trigger for this? Right. You know?
0: Yeah, and you had that in, in Moto, but for some reason it's not on MTG Arena. Or just a basically F6 kind of thing. It's just, like, accept everything that happens, you know, until at the end of the turn or something. Or until the end of this phase. Like, yield to all triggers until the end of combat or whatever. Something um,
1: like that, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I would expect that to be something that they are working on or, uh, because that feels – I mean, it's something that, that already exists in Moto, So I kind of feel like they would transfer that sort of thing over at the earliest opportunity. Um, but that certainly is frustrating when you're like – I mean, have you ever played – I doubt you have actually the, – the Niv-Mizzet uh Mirror match when both players have a Niv mizzet in play and
1: No, it's but it insane. sounds annoying. Yeah. It's re-
0: I'm like, I don't want to play Niv mizzet because I just don't want to be I don't want to be in this situation ever. This sucks. I'd rather have them have a Niv mizzet and me not have one ever <laughs> than, than be in this situation. Uh, totally. It's it's like every every spell, it's you know, every instant or sorcery that's cast, both players draw a card, both players ping something, and it's kind of hard to tell what is happening sometimes, especially when there are a lot of triggers, because you're going, okay, which trigger is this? Am I triggering off of, like, w- it, it says, you know, choose target player or, you know, ch- choose a target or something. And I'm going, uh, okay, is this him choosing? Am I choosing? Are they, they uh, choosing? Uh, like, uh, who's choosing?
1: Who's... Like Ignited the Roxbury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me? Him? Me? yeah. Me? 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 Me?
0: I really have a bad habit of referring to all my opponents as him, so I'm going to try to... uh Work on that, by the way. Just just noticing it while I'm talking. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, talk, talk
0: good. So uh, that's really confusing too. So there's got to be maybe ways to make, um, make it a little bit more apparent whose ability is actually on the stack. And I know sometimes it's, it should be obvious. If it's asking you to do something, it's you. But it's confusing right. because sometimes you're like, sitting there and I'm going, oh, he, oh, it's me. Oh, it's, you know, kind of, I thought, I thought I was waiting for my opponent (laughs) to, to make a choice. And uh, it's me because it's going back and forth with all these triggers. Uh, you know, maybe they just shouldn't design cards like Niv-Mizzet. That would be helpful.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Get rid of Niv-Mizzet. That's a great idea.
0: Yeah. Um, so go ahead. You, you have another, um,
1: I have a lot of stuff, actually a lot of little stupid things. So this was actually really a pain in my butt because, I, mean, I think I was game was out of hand, mm-hmm. honestly, but I was like, whoa, that's a big problem. I was trying – so my opponent had two Planeswalkers out, mm-hmm. right? And I guess the newest one was underneath on the right-hand side, you know? So the one was where it normally is, and the other one was underneath of it. And then there was a stack of spells, and I wanted to try to target the Planeswalker that was furthest down the line – and mm-hmm. I, the stack was blocking my targeting arrow. Right. I was, like, trying to click through the stack, and I couldn't do it. It wouldn't let me click through the stack to the creature.
0: Yeah, and I've heard of that. I haven't encountered it, but I wonder if... Because if you've noticed in some situations, this comes up with, like, Search for Ascanta, for example.
1: Show Sur- so Battlefield? Yeah. The, yeah that, doesn't I, have bo- doesn't it doesn't have a look. Have okay. it. No, I looked for it because, yeah, I mean, obviously... Um, at that point, I've been playing a while, so I was a little familiar with some of the interface. And I was like, well, maybe there's a show – nope, no show battlefield, no move stack. I couldn't drag the stack, I don't think. I, maybe I didn't try that. But um, um, that,
0: that doesn't sound like something you can do. Uh, I've never tried to drag the stack, I don't think. But that doesn't seem like – I would think you would end up accidentally targeting a spell. I don't know. I've done that before where I click something to read it or try to drag it. It's like, oh, good. I just targeted that. <laughs> I right. uh, oh, I know what it was. I, I, I was trying to cast blink of an eye with kicker. And so I, kick, I clicked the kicker option on the screen and it like didn't register or something. And so I clicked it again and it targeted my own creature. And <laughs> I, I was like – because it, I guess it registered the first click but there was a delay and then I just clicked something else. So I, I, I don't know. Um
1: there should be a card named Clicker with Kicker.
0: Clicker with Kicker, yeah. Click, click the Kicker, click Kicker. Anyway, <laughs> did you uh,
1: kick, did you kick Clicker? <laughs> click Kicker, uh, <laughs> click kick,
0: click click Slither. There is a card named Click Slither.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so Jesus, it, there are interface issues. Yeah, that's. I think I've heard of something like that too, where the stack or uh, or some kind of other card is in front of what you want to target, and you can't get to it, or it's. You know this tiny sliver of of the card that you have to some, somehow manage to click. Um, yeah, I don't know what they could. I mean that that shouldn't be that difficult. They should have something again. Move the cards. <laughs> like, don't don't have cards on the battlefield where the stack could ever show up. Like if, right. if the stack is always going to be on the right thirty three percent of the screen then keep cards away from that or, or move them when the stack pops up, like right, if the know, stack shift- pops
1: up. If you a, a card is hidden by the stack, the cards just shift over. Yeah. It's like, Oh crap. I can't be seen, you know, like kind of thing. Yeah, um,
0: exactly.
1: So yeah. Okay. So anyway, that's all the little tiny things that I was just wanted to talk about because mm-hmm. I thought they were fairly relevant uh, and useful to be aware of at least. Yeah. Um, Kind of talking. I wanted to talk a little bit about collection management on the game because okay. there's no secondary market, which I like. Um, but the system in place is basically you got to open a bunch of packs and you got to use a bunch of wild cards to make your decks. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that that leads to is uh, rare drafting. So when you're drafting, obviously when you play sealed, it doesn't matter. You get whatever you open, but. Um, when I'm drafting Ravnica, oh, God, I'll take a Sacred Foundry if I'm blue – like, if I'm blue-green. Yeah. Like, you know, pack two, pick one. Like, I don't care. Yeah.
0: Like, I'm no, gonna so will this. I because I'm drafting – In my, my goal anyway – I guess it's all about your goals, and I guess this applies to real-life paper magic too. But I'm – in this case, I'm drafting to build my collection. So if something pops up and I'm like, I need that for my collection, I'm only drafting because I want to get more – cards for my collection, I want to win more gems and things. I'm taking the, like you said, sacred foundry, even though I have a blue green deck, you know, like that's, I'm going to do that because I'm like, this is much easier than trying to open it in a pack or having to spend a wild card on it. And, you know, at worst, it's one card out of my draft deck that I don't have. And, you know, maybe that means I win fewer games but uh, I got my I got, I got a card I needed for my collection
1: yeah, was like rather than that one random pack you got one specific card that you would have only gotten by opening a pack you know what right. I mean so it's weird though, I don't know I like to be more disciplined when I draft mm-hmm. so it's just kind of an odd thing, but it's the base i mean it's that's the system, you know what I mean right and um you know the motto around here is stop bitching, and start brewing so it's like. Hey, if that's a system, we got to take advantage of that system. You know? Yeah. Um, if, if if we can't buy singles, we got to either use our wild cards or draft those cards when we see them pop up. It's like, I know I need these uh, shock lands or whatever. So if I see one come up in a draft, which now I have a place at a Sacred Foundries and I just from opening packs and drafting. Um, so I don't need any more of those specifically. But, right. you know, it's one of those things where, it, and that's one thing you do have to keep in mind, though is to not draft one you already have a play set of because it's almost useless at that point.
0: Yeah. Well, that's definitely you need to be aware of what you what you need because, I, I mean, I guess I'm not going to rare draft if I'm not sure whether or not I have four, four or something because if it's a card that I really – that I know I need, then I'm, I'm aware that I don't have four. You know, If it's kind of like, oh, here's this card. I'm not sure if I have four. Well, then I must not need it that badly. So I'm going to but,
1: – But lands and stuff are important. You know what I mean? So it's like – I'm not a hundred percent certain sometimes that I have four overgrown tombs, but like, you know, you need one, you know, if right. you need it, you know, but you can always leave that screen and check your collection.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you can do that. You can come back to that draft.
0: Yeah. I have noticed that.
1: So you can just go, Oh, do I have that? And go into collection and then go, Oh yeah, no, I do need an overgrown tomb draft. One of the benefits of,
0: of, untimed bot, bot drafting. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. um, but, yeah, I, I but I do like the fact that there's no secondary market. It's very interesting to me. Like, if Arena becomes, like, the primary way to play Magic, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, weird future where Paper Magic isn't relevant, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird that, like, so many businesses will go out of business, basically, because there is no secondary market. It's not like Star City Games can go, okay, we're going to switch to Arena Singles. Right. There are no singles, you right. know, like if paper magic dries up, there's like no market for them to get into, which is yeah. just weird. It's interesting to think of that way, but
0: yeah, I don't think that's likely. And uh, no, neither just do I, because I think the arena is kind of encouraging players to get into the game and play it in all ways that can be played. You know, you, so that you're, you know, you're at target and Hey, look, magic cards, right? Like I'm going to buy these because I played arena. You know, that kind of thing.
1: Um, Although I I, have little to no interest in playing Paper Magic, I'll be completely honest.
0: Well, see, I mean, everybody's, as we know, everybody plays Magic differently. And that's kind of what's one of the things that's great about this game is how it It can appeal to such a broad set of of players. Um, For me, I mean, obviously we grew up on Paper Magic. But over the past couple of years, I've sort of, I, I don't really play standard In paper, um, I would like buy a deck, but I really wouldn't keep up with it. If that makes any sense, like as the deck evolves, I'm like I'm not buying more cards because I don't really play standard in paper unless it's against our friend Kenny. Uh, And so it's sort of like I I don't play – most of the time when I play paper magic, I'm playing modern again most of the time. That's against Kenny as well. But if we enter like a Star City event, I'm not playing standard. I'm playing modern. So Mm -hmm. I've kind of set this thing up where i won't buy cards or i i try not to buy cards for standard in paper i just buy modern cards in paper but i'll buy standard cards for moto for example until a couple of months ago uh, right where i texted you saying hey remember that 50 bucks that you gave me uh you know side story <laughs> but i that just paid for my standard deck on moto and guess how many times i've played with that deck <laughs> None. <laughs> Barely at all, right? Like, oh the day God. I got it, I built the deck. I built, like, Jeskai Control, and this is, you know, whatever, October 1st or something, October 5th, whenever the set came out. Bought all the cards I needed, played with it for a day or two, uh, then was at the same time trying Arena, built Just Guy on Arena, don't ever play Standard on Moto. So it's kind of like, well, that was, you know, not not ideal, but whatever. Uh, the The point I'm getting at is... If I'm not going to be playing paper magic, playing standard in paper very often, arena's amazing because I'm looking at preview cards coming coming down the uh, down the pipe for the next set, and I'm thinking, okay, do I need to buy four of these? No, <laughs> I don't. Unless no. I'm going to play them in modern, I don't need to buy them. Um, right? It's it's great. I'm like I you know I'm basically saving up my wild cards right now to try to make sure that I can get the cards as quickly as possible without having to spend much money. Um, but it's kind of great and it's a weird way of changing my thinking because normally I'm trying to, you know, spot cards that are going to possibly spike in value. You know, you, you look at a card and think, okay, how much is that pre-selling for? How much do I think it, you know, will might drop after the set releases or might rise and try to get the, you know, the best possible price you can. But I don't need to think about any of that because guess what? You know, super hot mythic rare costs a mythic rare wild card, and so does the crappiest mythic rare in the set, which you don't need to spend a wild card on because it's crappy. But you know, like it's the the one you open in the pack and go ah. Um, but still, and
1: by the, the way, yeah, just just so everybody knows, Joey is notoriously like the best at picking out the cards that like are pre-selling for like nothing and then wind up spiking in value. Um, I've I've been I've been interested sometimes. One day I'm gonna just buy. Thirty of whatever card Joey goes. I think about I ordered pre-ordered a play set of those. Like a cool. I ordered thirty of them.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, I appreciate the compliment. I don't really think I, I don't see it that way usually. Uh, I and I definitely miss. I mean, I missed on mission briefing, meaning I thought it was going to be way better. I pre-ordered it and then I canceled my pre-order because I read a lot of opinions on it that started making a lot more sense to me and thought, you know what, I think this card's going to drop. And it hasn't seen hardly any play. So Yeah, I saw that, that card last night. Yeah.
1: I saw it last night for the first time opening a prize pack. Mm-hmm. And um, – because this is how much I know about the current uh, standard environment um, – and I was like, Oh, that's a neat card. And I was like, I've never seen anyone play that. I'm like, there must not be any good because I, now we have the, basically the data, you know, <laughs> right. of I've never seen this card before and I've been playing a ton of standard. So it must not be a standard card. Yeah.
0: So anyway, I appreciate the the compliment. I don't really, I just read the, the articles and buy the cards that I think I'm going to want to play. I might buy four of them might buy eight at most and that's it. So, uh, Anyway, I don't even have to use that part of my brain anymore. So right, <laughs> it's right. It's just like I, I – unless it's for modern and even then I, I might just wait and see if a card is actually going to uh, going to start to shine in modern it before I buy it. And I did that with Arc like Phoenix and obviously that card blew up, right? so yeah. um
1: That was the one that uh, – like uh, Ryan Gurmore, he mm-hmm. has a real good habit of doing the same thing with red cards. Mm-hmm. So he can pick it, right? He was Arc Light Phoenix. He was on Arc Light Phoenix before I knew what Arc Light Phoenix was. You know what right, I mean? Right. Like, you texted me about Arc Light Phoenix. I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, dude. Like, <laughs> I haven't played Magic in a year and a half, man. Like, you know, like, but he's like, Arc Like Phoenix, so good. It's going to be modern, playable, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, like faithless looting Arc Like Phoenix all day. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But now, you know, I, I, I get it. I mean, it's yeah. a good car. Um, but he's really good at that with red cards. Um, so, is is it just me, just as someone who's been around for the entire life of mythic rare as a rarity, are mythic rares all just, like, planeswalkers and weird cards now?
0: Um, I mean, sort of. I mean, I guess they're they're finally, after ten years of printing mythics, maybe they've got that kind of subset of cards nailed, or a little more... Closely than they used to. You're not going to see a rare planeswalker. You're most likely any well, planeswalker yeah. is going to be mythic. I'm trying to that's think right. of some other mythics that I that I know of, and it's like Star of Extinction, uh,
1: oh, Arc Light Phoenix. We were just talking Arc Light Phoenix,
0: but. which doesn't. I feel like that might. You know, I would almost see that as a rare, but it's it's a that, mythic. yeah,
1: that is that is to me that's like the one card I've really seen that feels like a rare, or yeah. feels like a staple. That's the thing, like. Well, like Lotus Cobra, right? Lotus mm-hmm. Cobra was a mythic rare. It doesn't feel mythic at all.
0: Right, and that was only one year after they introduced Mythics because Myth- Mythics came out in uh, Shards of Alara in fall 2008. Lotus Cobra, Zendikar, a year right. later, 2009. So that's right. they were still trying to get it right. And I'm sure arguments can be made the – sa- the same arguments can be made from 10 years ago that can be made now. But that's sort of a different difference of opinion because like you just said, and I think I may have said we both – use the word feel, right? Like it feels like it shouldn't be mythic, but like, (laughs) all right, who feels like this card should be rare? Raise your hand. This is what they're doing at wizard to like figure out rarity of cards. Who feels like this should be mythic? You know, I, that's sort of what it seems like. And I, everybody's going to have different opinions on, on what feels rare, what feels mythic. And, um, I I think that just carries, that's going to happen forever.
1: What I'm saying is like, I'm playing constructed now Mm -hmm. and I feel like almost all the cards that I want Mm -hmm. to play constructed are like rare, common, uncommon. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like there aren't a lot of mythics that I like really care to play in a constructed deck. They're all like commander cards, which makes their value on, um, uh, on arena, like nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, because there is no commander on arena. Right. So it's like, it's weird that the mythic rares, feel like mythic rares, but cards that feel like mythic rares are more of like casual cards. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's odd. It's an odd thing that they have to walk now with arena being their way to do standard and mythic rares being more catered to commander players. Um,
0: I mean, I'm, I'm imagining commander may be an option at some point if it hasn't popped up as a temporary thing at some point already i I don't know i wouldn't have noticed it the word could have been on my screen and i would have just (laughs) blind spot you know (laughs) like i just don't don't really pay that much attention to it um so uh, that's a possibility i'm sure i mean i really think arena is right now it's standard and the most recent sets for limited and then a few kind of odd formats that they've been throwing in but they're this just came out, you know. They're building on it, so I imagine sure. that we're going to see more and more and more added to it as far as formats. Um, as long as the cards are programmed into the system, then they should be playable in some format. So uh, I, I can't imagine that that doesn't happen eventually. Um, right. But and you know, to go back to your point, saying most constructed staples are rare, common, or uncommon, and not mythic. Uh, I think that just might be a, a kind of uh, the state of standard right now i know that's how it feels to me trying to get 20 dual lands because they're all rare (laughs) and and i'm like well i've got these mythic rares sitting here that i don't know what to get because exactly (laughs) right well
1: that's what that's what i feel like i I wish that you could trade down
0: like your mythic wild cards yeah
1: yeah i wish i could take a mythic wild card and use it for a rare Mm -hmm. or take it or and you can only go down one so you can't like accidentally burn a mythic wild card on a common or something okay but I wish you could burn like I wish you could choose to use your mythic wild cards for rares or your rares for uncommons or your uncommons for commons right that th- would be really think, cool,
0: yeah like I guess I'd like that option um I mean I initially definitely would like that option because I could have gotten you know my mana base earlier um but it doesn't bother me as much anymore but maybe that's because i have most of my mana base now and i say most sure. because i i only have 3 of each rare because if i'm playing limited i'm i'm going to be uh, upset if i see one and that i could oh, i could just grab that or if i win if i open packs and i open a sa- sacred foundry foundry for instance right. right i have 3 and if i open one in a pack guess what great i have 4 i can be happy uh, but if i spend gems Right, or if I if I use a wild card and now I have four, and then open a pack and there's a freaking sacred foundry in it, I'm gonna be ticked off, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I I don't like that. So I'm basically trying to make sure I only ever have three of rares and mythics because if I open it in a pack, I'll I'll it'll be a you know feel bad. Um, yeah, yeah. Until recently, like I actually, yeah, I bought my bought I. Used a uh, a mythic wild card on my fourth copy of Teferi recently because I thought I'm unlikely to be opening many more packs of Dominaria. So,
1: exactly, yeah. yeah.
0: But, but I'm like waiting until the end of the thing. So for Guilds of Ravnica, I think I do. I have three Steam Fence and three Sacred Foundry and three. Mm. Uh, but no, is that, that's the only, those are the only guy lands right now. I feel, I think I will immediately try to get all four Hallowed Fountain because I'm likely to want to play like either base Azorius or, um, or continue with, with, uh, blue white splashing something. But I don't know. I'll start with three and see how it
1: goes. Yeah, no, totally. I get it. I get it hundred percent. Um, speaking of feel bads. Uh, this is a good little mindset thing. Like, I think those of you who listen to this show in the Joey era, and I don't mean the Joey era as in when Joey was on the show. I mean the Joey era as in the Friends spinoff, Joey. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like, you know, I like mindset things. I like to mention things that help improve your mindset. We all hate when your opponent – has already clearly won, but they keep like playing spells and showing you things. Show you their hand. I hate that so much. I mean, I don't care, because I don't let those things bother me, but it's like a total jerk move. Now, one way you can turn that feel-bad into a feel-good with Arena is to just keep in mind that your opponents have quests just like you do. Some of those quests might be play 40 red spells, might be attack with 20 creatures... You know, things like that, that like if they've already won the game and they're still sitting there playing creatures and playing spells, you're like, why don't you just, you know, do that? And you can, oh, you have the option to concede in that situation, but just keep it in mind. Keep it in mind that maybe they're just trying to get to their 20 red spells or whatever they need to get their gold for the day. Right. And if you keep it in mind and you always just assume that's what people are doing – then you don't have that feel bad anymore of, Oh, this person's just showing off what they had in their hand. Right. You know, and Just a little thing.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true because that's something I'm doing all the time where, I mean, not showing off, but I'm trying to just achieve my right. quest. Like I will start a game. I pick a pre con sometimes because I'm like, I don't right. have time to really think that much. I'm just trying to achieve this quest while I'm making breakfast for my daughter. You know, I'm like feeding her breakfast and I'm like going back and forth. I don't even know what's happening in the game. I'm just like, cast the spells, cast the spells, you know, like whatever. Like it's, I don't care about winning. I'm just trying to cast enough spells to get the gold. And, um, and sometimes that means that, you know, I'm just not really paying that much attention to, to making the correct plays. I'm just trying to, cast spells so uh what was i gonna say oh that's that's another frustrating thing too there's like this weird line to walk if you're in that situation where you're like you don't want to make your opponent concede so you're like man if i play this I like my board is overwhelming. They might just concede as soon as I play it. So maybe I should slow roll. <laughs> so so they don't concede and they think they still have a chance to win and then next turn I can play like two spells and get an extra spell. You know, stuff like that that
1: actually that's comes So out. funny. Oh my I god.
0: I don't want to make my opponent concede and that's another thing that's frustrating too where you're like you know, you start up a game and you're you like play like one land and your opponent Maybe they they miss their second land drop and they concede and you're like going no. <laughs> like, I just wanna, I don't need to cast two more spells and you conceded on turn two. <laughs> like why? I don't want to win. Let me cast my spells. Uh, it's just it's funny, but uh, but it is like a factor right now because of these quests and that's kind of what you're getting at is sometimes maybe somebody's just trying to cast enough spells to uh, to achieve that quest and um, and not really trying to either rub it in or necessarily even make the right play, you know?
1: Right. So, uh, BBD, Brian Braun doing has a couple good articles on TCG player.com about arena. Uh, just kind of other things of, you know, touching on strategies for how to get the most out of your collection. Um, how to, uh, play better. Yeah. Just things like that. It's just, just for arena, just two general articles that he did. We'll put them in the show notes. Cool, cool. I don't want to go over them, but they were also just good resources that I enjoyed reading and I figure y'all enjoy reading it too. Um, funny thing is the bulk of this podcast was supposed to be about best of one versus best of three and we haven't even got there yet and we're pretty much done.
0: Yeah. We, so, we spent too much time arena grumping.
1: That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Um, the grumpasauruses are, are back in business. Um, but I want to keep talking about the stuff that i am got here about Arena uh, that isn't best of one versus best of three. Uh, we can talk about that next time, I guess, since there will probably be a next time, it looks like. Yep. Uh, so um, talking about rankings and tiers, um, there's a ranking system. Y'all, if you're playing, you should know. Uh, the one thing I like about uh, the, the ranking system is that once you hit a, um, a rank – uh, you're, it seems like you're locked into that rank. Fun fact, Joey. Mm-hmm. I am currently – my standard is currently Tier 2 Diamond. That's so way ahead of me. Um, <laughs> you've my, been my
0: playing – like you've been just playing and playing. Grind and, playing. and grind awesome. and
1: grind a standard. Okay. I really have. I've been grinding the hell out of standard. Uh, my limited is – not as good. I am so rusty on limited. Uh, I think I'm like gold tier four, you know, like I'm
0: higher than my standard. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, maybe that's about my goal, my my standard ranking right now. But
1: uh, But I'm about that's about where I'm at, though, with with limited, but standard. I've been I've been killing it. Uh, But what's really cool is that like and I know this because when I first hit diamond, I was just getting creamed. Um, When you hit diamond, it won't Demote you back to platinum, right? Mm-hmm. Like once you hit diamond, you're locked in at diamond. Um, but you can go obviously from tier four to, or from tier three to tier four, like that. And I thought that like when you're first promoted to a new tier, maybe it locks you in right then until you get that first win on that tier. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. Eventually, it will. I haven't figured out the exact amount of games, but. It lets you lose a couple games before it actually demotes you um, a tier.
0: Okay, that's definitely you know good that, to know. You know, just having a little bit of a safety net, sort of, once you feel like you achieved something, and then take it away. You know that. Right. Uh, or you know they you don't want them to just take it right away.
1: Um. So yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm determined, dude. I'm telling you, we're getting the mythic. Yeah, get uh, the mythic.
0: we have, what, like 30 days left, I think, until the season ends, so... Um, and
1: I know this is just pre-season.
0: Right, but I but, mean, that's how, that's what we've got right now, that's what we've got to work with, so...
1: Right, I'm like, okay, well, let's start, you know? That's, like I said on the last show, you know, I want to go from challenger to champion, you know? <laughs> so, um... The only way you got to do that is got to get to that mythic, right? I mean, because the mythic championships, I guess you got to be mythic ranked to play in the mythic championships. So
0: yeah, they'll check your arena ranking at the door. You know, what's your uh, DCI number and your 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 arena ranking? (laughs) I'm sorry, you can't play. (laughs) You can't play in this event.
1: Welcome, challenger. Yeah.
0: Um. So I think we're going to wrap it up here. Next time, we I think we'll just. I mean. I thought we were going to touch on some spoilers, but uh, today. But we'll have a lot more spoilers to talk about next time. And I next think time
1: we might just have to do a whole spoiler show because I think the full spoiler will be up in because if we right. rec- if we if we record in two weeks, right, that'll be right before yep. pre release so, weekend, right? Well, we can talk weekend. about
0: the things that we're excited about then. You know, the cards that that we're looking forward to playing and and things uh, in standard on arena.
1: Joey, when's the last time the two of us did a spoiler episode, huh?
0: Oh man, that's a good question. Let's see. I'm gonna say it was. Uh, I think Dark Ascension was probably the last time we we talked spoilers.
1: So a while, huh? It's been a little bit. It's been
0: since 2012, so yeah, you know, almost seven years. We're we're talking about going into the winter set, so seven years, you know, seven uh, seven years worth of sets ago. So that'll be fun.
1: Yeah, we're gonna do all seven years of, of spoilers. That's
0: right. <laughs> we're in going to Talk hour. about our top ten cards from every set since Dark Ascension.
1: <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great topic. Sure, it's
0: excellent. Yeah, but we maybe- also have
1: some other stuff to talk about. We got stuff to talk about, so yes, we'll we be back.
0: Yeah. So uh, until next time, we are YoMTG Taps.
1: Stop bitching. Start brewing. We.